0: Indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we've got two fabulous interviews, conversations with two different people doing amazing work in the world. And coming right out of the gate, I want to introduce you to Maureen Canning, who's joining us here today. She is the author of of the book, Understanding Sexual Addiction and the Road to Healthy Intimacy. And, you know, it's really interesting about this topic. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about why it's so important. But if you listen to my interview the other day with Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis, and that was a fabulous, fabulous interview on Voice America. You know, you heard, um, you, you heard Gary talk about, and he's done this a lot on my show, and you heard him talk about sexual addiction in his life. And it isn't just Gary. I mean, when you listen to some of the other folks that have been on the air with me, some of the pro- most prominent people right now in the world of human potential they have come out and said this is what you know my life was about this is where i was these are the things that i've done and now maureen is joining us here today clinical consultant for sexual disorder services at the meadows she has been working with people for years on sexual disorders we see them in the media we get glimpses of them especially in the world of politics right now and yet we scratch our heads and we say is this just an isolated issue or is this something that's going on and by the way where does it come from how is this happening what contributes to it and so maureen is joining me here today the book that she has put together lust anger love understanding sexual addiction and the road to healthy intimacy i mean when we're looking at this book and we read some of the things in here it's not just about ...beating everyone down for it, but it's about a solution. And so I wanted to introduce everyone to Maureen Canning, and we'll follow that with a a great conversation bringing on Debbie Ford, Why Good People Do Bad Things... I think these topics are related. Maureen, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, the whole idea why good people do do bad things. But let's talk about the addiction. I shared that. I had Gary Zukoff on the other day. And, you know, I had Gary on. And he shared this before. And he talked about his life and where he was in terms of addiction. Uh, but, you know, now we're seeing it popping up because the media has gotten a hold of, uh, you know, the issues around uh, Governor Spitzer. Correct? Correct. And so, you know... I people are are they surprised or are they just kind of like okay we expect that you know what I mean we've had well, that's issues.
1: Hard to say I mean it's sort of like you know when something like this comes to the forefront it's a double-edged sword of course I have compassion for the person that's going through it yep. but hopefully they'll get help the other thing that it does is that it draws the attention to this specific issue and brings it into the light which allows us to talk about the issues which we don't do a whole lot of and hopefully by talking about them creating the awareness we reduce the shame around them and And people will be willing to
0: go out and get the help that they need. I so agree with you. And, you know, I I have relatives in other parts of the world, you know, in Italy especially. And, you know, they're always commenting on how, at least from their perspective, uh, us folks here in America, you know, we, you don't talk about sex. You don't talk about sex or sexual issues. And the way that we kind of get it out in the media is through either television shows or movies. And I wanted to ask you, in your years of experiencing, why is that?
1: Well, what we see is that in America, in the United States, what we have is um, a really immature relationship with our sexuality, Mm -hmm. and we're sort of adolescents around it, and um, this is unfortunate because what we really want to do is we really want to embrace our sexuality as a healthy, life-affirming expression of love and connection. However, what we're doing now is we're using it as a commodity, we're objectifying people, And it's basically something to to be used as a high or as a conquest or as a way to escape.
0: Mm. So, you know, there's a question that I ask uh, just about all of my guests and I want to ask you, uh, you know, as the author of, uh, of, of this book uh, and, and what we're looking at uh, in terms of sexual addiction, addiction and the roots of sexual addiction and how you, you come to talk about them and the revelation around this, that, you know, there is this question for you. And that is, given all that you've done, the work that you're doing, the studying, that you've, you have, a, you know, accomplished. Accomplished? What are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well,
1: I really feel grateful about my journey as far as how I've gotten to the point where I am. It's really, to me, it's a miracle. And what I mean by that is that I was sexually abused as a child, and um, I started using sex as a way to cope with stress, which is a typical uh, the typical origins of, of sexual addiction is based in um, trauma, whether it's overt or covert, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And somehow that stress, um, you know, as it, as it becomes more and more difficult for the child to, um, to uh, you know, uh, manage, I'll say, uh, they'll use sex as a way to escape. And so that's what happened for me was that I was sexually abused, and then sex became part of my uh, sexual template that was self-destructive as opposed to life-affirming. And so I started um, acting out sexually with both love and sex, relationships and sex. And what I was doing was trying to negotiate with that original trauma, meaning I'm trying to overcome it by having power and control over it. Sexual addiction is not about sex, it's about that power and control issue. So when I'm being abused as a child, you know, what I believe is that it's my fault, I did something wrong, I deserve this, which lays the foundation for my sense of self or self-esteem and so i feel like i don't deserve to be loved i feel like sex is my most important need and it's where all my power is and so i have to go back out renegotiate that as an adult and and in a way that i do that is through having the control over a situation which of course is an illusion
0: you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all have those illusions, though. We certainly do. You know, we think we're in control. I love people that come up and they say, and I don't know about you, but I've had you know many in my life that say, you know what? I always have to be in control. I'm glad my life is in control right now. And, and you know, what does that mean anyway?
1: Right. Well, what it what it is is that you know. Again, if we go back to the origin, is that if you feel like you're out of control, which is really what was happening, particularly for me and my abuse, is that I I don't have control over my body. I don't have control over my voice. I don't have control over my feelings because nobody was listening. Nobody was there to support me. In fact, my reality became skewed. The very people that were supposed to be supporting me and keeping me safe and nurturing me were actually hurting me. So this becomes very confusing for a child. And in that, we feel like, you know, we need to renegotiate that as an adult, meaning that we need to grab control in order to feel like we're in balance. So what we do is we set up this sort of pendulum that swings back and forth between us out of control and this needing to feel like we're in control. And so what we really need to do is to heal that so that we can live in a place of moderation instead of living in those two extremes.
0: Well, you know, this is certainly you have taken on a mission, uh, Maureen. In and first of all, writing the book, but the, the the thrust of the book, from from my perspective, lust, anger, uh, and Lo- lust, anger, love, understanding sexual addiction in the road to, to healthy intimacy, uh, is really to get to that place of healthy intimacy, to get to that place where you can be in mutual exchange and love, and have a, a very healthy sexual desire, but yet we see in the media and, and I know that you know you, you can comment on this is we see what's happening in the media with uh you know Governor Spitzer and you know and whether or not that's the sign of a sex addict or not. How do we first of all identify, especially for you know our young people, how do we come to this place where we can identify these behavior behaviors and then more importantly, what can we do? What can we do to create a change?
1: Right. Well, when we are assessing or I'm assessing for sexual addiction within an individual, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm um, looking at it against the criteria that we use for drugs and alcohol. It's the same kind of addiction in the sense that there is usually a sense of loss of control. Um, there are efforts to stop where they were unsuccessful. Uh, there is a progression to the behaviors. There are consequences that are usually costly, Um, And so what we want to do is we want to look at all those criteria to see if they line up. And if they do, then you're probably in an addictive relationship with your sexuality. So the very first step is um, to change or to help and healing is the awareness. And then the second step is the willingness to take action. You have to realize that most people probably have been using this coping mechanism like any addiction for a very long time. And so it becomes you know sort of like their best friend the only place that they feel safe to go when they're feeling stressed or when they're feeling uncomfortable or when they're having feelings that they don't want to don't want to deal with so giving up this kind of addiction is extremely um, it's extremely profound because of the of the level that it goes the level that it's been active in the person's life so it's really embedded in their character so to speak so giving it up or looking at being sober or getting healthy is a
0: huge leap of faith. You know, so, you know, let's look at this for a minute, and we will uh, look at, uh, you know, first of all, the book Lust, Anger, Love uh, by Maureen Canning and how this uh, relates to the patterns we create in our lives. And more importantly, in the desire, in the search, to be not only be free, but in the in the search to be connected to be in an intimate relationship to be loved you know what is it that we can do what can we learn what can we learn from the extreme that most people refer to as sexual addiction all of this to come when we return back from break my very best, uh, special guest today Maureen Canning love lust anger love see how i want to go right to the love maureen we'll be right back stay tuned everyone
1: The Dr. Pat Show team is bowling for the animals at the Posado's Safe Haven 3rd Annual Dog Bowl on April 6th at Kenmore Lanes. You can help us raise money for the animals by sponsoring our team. No donation is too small. Go to thedrpatshow.com and look for Monkey on the homepage. Charity Navigator, America's premier independent evaluator of charities, gives Posados their highest rating. Go to thedrpatshow.com to find out more about Posado's Safe Haven and how to help us help the animals. or visit DetoxAmerica.com. Imagine for a moment what your obituary might sound like right now. Then imagine how you would really like it to read. Actually, you unknowingly write and live your obituary every day. It's time to be more intentional about how you live your life. It's time to find and create your ideal path in life right now. It's time to be the best you can be. Visit BeTheBestYouCanBe.net for more information about life coaching and the life-changing book, Our Journey is Our Work. That's be the best you can be.net. Are you ready for greater clarity, courage, and commitment to live your passions? Are you ready to succeed and sync with your soul? Are you ready to honor your soul in any situation? With 21 years of experience, Sasha Sabbath is a Leadership Soul Coach and Certified Passion Test Facilitator at
0: 415-328-2631 and leadershipsoulcoach.com. Enjoy an evening with John Holland in Seattle on April 9th for his talk titled Messages from the Other Side renowned psychic medium john holland will present a fascinating evening of lecture and demonstration john uses his unique style to explain some of the principles of communication with those who have passed on to the other side he will also discuss information from his latest book power of the soul inside wisdom for an outside world During the second half of the lecture, John will deliver messages from loved ones on the other side to some lucky audience members. Don't miss this opportunity to see one of the most sought-after psychic mediums in the country. Join John Holland in Seattle on April 9th at 7 p.m. at Benaroya Hall. Visit thedrpatshow.com for more information.
1: The search is over. You found the station that's not afraid to be different. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. You know, I'm thrilled to have Maureen Canning here Canning here, joining me here on the show today because, I mean, this is a conversation that we've had on the show uh, several times and the reason that this is an important conversation is because, you know, many of you have indicated you have children and you're concerned about what your children are doing. You're concerned about the influence they're under, whether it be television or uh, movies, et cetera, music, et cetera. And so, you know, Maureen is here with her message today. The book is Lust, Anger, Love, Understanding Sexual Addiction and the Road to Healthy Intimacy. And, uh, you know, Maureen, thank you again for joining us here today. I wanted to talk about cultural conditioning because, you know, if we are going to take the road to a healthy intimacy, uh, we need to know uh, how to get beyond the roadblock, so to speak.
1: Right, and what we do in our culture is that we, um, like I said earlier, are basically a sex-addicted sex culture. And what I mean by that is that we use sex as a commodity and we objectify people, which means that we disconnect. So all addiction is really about disconnection, disconnection with the self and disconnection with the other. And what we do is we create intensity. So, you know, if you if you think back to, you know, maybe your own life or a friend's life, and you say, well, how did the date go? And they said, oh, my gosh, it was mind-blowing. It was great sex. It was out of this world. Well, that's not really what healthy sexuality is about. That's, that's about intensity. And what we want to strive for or look for is intimacy. And intimacy is, intimacy is very different than intensity. And so being able to understand how we hype ourselves up within our culture and create stereotypes that we expect other people to live by oftentimes in an unconscious way, as what's sexy, what's powerful, um, you know, what can satisfy you in the bedroom. And a lot of those are myths that are lies. And they're false promises that people believe can bring that happiness. But in reality, uh, happiness comes from really a quiet inner strength and connecting with the self and allowing yourself to be vulnerable with the other.
0: And that's a key word, vulnerability, and yeah, yeah. you know, on the, on the on the last hour, we were talking about trust, uh, and so trust seems to be right now a major issue in relationships. And I don't mean trust per se; I mean the lack of it, right? Uh, and the questioning of of uh, loyalty, the questioning of, of intimacy. I mean, there are many ways to approach this and looking at uh, the cultural norms. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, it seems as if our cultural norms have changed. What used to be okay 20 years ago uh, or not okay 20 years ago, rather, is perfectly okay today and if anything, is almost expected, recreating a new norm. How do we deal with that?
1: Well, that's what I'm talking about. As the culture being uh, sexually addicted is the progression of the devaluing of our sexuality. In other words, you know, for men, let's take an example for men, if we're going to look at the genders. Men, uh, it's okay for them to go out and have conquest. In fact, the more, um, you know, people that they bed, the more virile they're considered within the culture, within their peer group. This is a good thing. However, um, what that does to the individual is it dis, you know—it disengages them from being in a relationship with themselves or with the other. But it's promoted and encouraged. Um, for women, what we have is um, a Madonna horror split. And what I mean by that is we have good girls and we have bad girls. You marry the good girls and then the bad girls are the ones that you play with. So when people get these kinds of messages, it's very confusing Because they're expected to fall into these stereotypical roles that oftentimes don't make sense to them, fit, or even part of what they really want, but to fit into the culture, to feel a part of, to get acceptance, um, that's where they land.
0: You know, Maureen, as, as we look at this and we look at the challenges that we're faced, and certainly, you know, we can point to, as many people do, we could point to music videos, we can point to uh, many other uh, ways that we get information processed, but one of the things that is, you know, to date and has a parent seriously worried, I mean, we see television shows on this all the time, is the power of the internet and the lack of, quote, management that uh, one can have. over that content Uh, and what do you see on the horizon in terms of uh, the internet how information is processed and what's going to be available to uh, people of all ages
1: right well I think you know that we're in the early stages of the internet and monitoring what the you know what the internet is providing unfortunately the largest and the place where most hits are made on the internet are at the sex sites Yep. And um, so, you know, kids are being exposed at much earlier ages to material that, um, you know, is questionable at best. And so what happens, again, is that they have this experience. Their peers are doing this, and um, they want to be a part of it. And so it becomes, it can become an addictive pattern, an addictive process. And so, um, you know, that is very confusing for the child, and yet it's also alluring. And so they get caught in this double bind, and the double bind is is that I want to be a part of, but this doesn't feel good, but I feel powerful when I use it, and so therefore I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm going to act outside my value system, and I'm going to feel shame about it, I'm going to feel guilt about it, but I'm also going to feel high from it.
0: You know, this is a very interesting point that you're bringing up because, you know, one of the things that we we set as benchmarks uh, has to do with the media. Uh-huh. And I want to get back to what we originally uh, or what I uh, mentioned originally, and that is the issue around Governor Spitzer. Yeah. Uh, and so when we look at that issue right now in the media, um, what can we say about it? That really talks to either our level of acceptance or our our level of persecution around issues like this.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, I think that we really need to become aware of it. We need to become aware of our own biases. We need to become aware of our own belief systems. We need to be able to um, stop with, you know, the giggling and be able to step into a mature place and go, what's really going on here? What is it that I, as an individual, need to do? To really find a sense of connection with myself and my sexuality that's going to be a healthy expression. And as that starts at an individual level, I think that it can move into a cultural, uh, a a change within the culture itself.
0: And so when we're looking at these changes in the culture, and we point to icons that have been popular, especially, let's talk about pop culture right now. Mm -hmm. Because pop culture, it is a multi-billion dollar industry, That's right. Pop culture, and for our listeners that don't really know what I mean when I say pop culture, you know, let's talk about that right now for a minute, because we're talking about probably one of the most visible aspects of youth and of what we're calling the mainstream view of popularity in our country. What can we say about the craze that's going on right now on pop culture? And, the, and it's almost like a feeding frenzy on these celebrities, Britney Spears in particular.
1: Right. Well, I think that, you know, what happens is, is that they become an extension of sort of where we are in our, in, in our uh, as individuals. In other words, I think that she is a projection of what a lot of people are feeling in a way, especially around their sexuality, and that's the sense of being out of control, of being disconnected. And so, you know, we sort of become fascinated with the very thing that we're struggling with ourselves, but sometimes don't have the ability or the willingness or the skills or the resources to look at. So I think what we really need to do is to stop and say, you know, why are we fascinated with this? Why is this consuming so much of our time and energy? And why is it getting so much time in the press and the media? And the question, I mean, the answer to the question is probably because we have some stuff that we as a culture and we as individuals need to look at within ourselves. Um, And when we stop and do that, I think that the need to have that kind of material around us will diminish because we won't really be interested in that anymore. We won't be fascinated with that. It's sort of like the split that we can create within ourselves and that good side versus the bad side. And I think that a lot of us don't have the ability or the recognition that we. you know that we are in a struggle with those two parts of ourselves, and so we want to become fascinated
0: with it externally. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and it leads me to this question uh, in wrapping this up, and that is, you know, what is the pathway to this, uh, you know, this this level of int- intimacy that I believe many people really seek seek out, uh, are in search for for uh, much of their lives. Right.
1: And what we really want to help people to do, and what people want to come uh, come to realize is is that it's really it's really about you know how you feel about yourself and the self-respect that you have for yourself. Sexual addiction and the exploitation of sexuality, is really based in that, um, again, in that, in that shame, that we don't deserve to be loved, that we don't deserve to be nurtured, that we don't know how to be intimate. And so really the resolution, I think, is um, looking at those wounded parts of ourselves, becoming aware of those, and ultimately healing those. Because once we feel good about ourselves, we don't want to gravitate towards self-destructive behaviors. We want to gravitate towards behaviors, situations, people, and bring those, those situations into our lives that are going to be affirming for us.
0: Well, you know, Maureen, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us here today. I mean, the book is for anyone out there that has questions about anything that we have talked about today. Maureen uh, outlines this in the book in, in just a wonderful, wonderful way. And you'll be able to read about this without guilt, without shame, but also with the intention of finding solution. And so I want to thank you, Maureen, for doing that. You know, this is incredible. And as we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you, do you have a personal message for our listeners today what do you want to leave our listeners with
1: That so i want them to know that there is help out there that you know that i've walked the path and i know that you can get help that you can have some resolution around um you know the shame that you might be feeling around your sexual behaviors or the belief systems that you're in conflict with and that hopefully you'll be willing and able to reach out to resources that can Bring some healing to your life and some resolution so that you can be healthy around your sexual expression.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, I want to mention to everyone, Maureen Canning, joining me here today, Lust, Anger, Love, Understanding, Sexual Addiction, and the Road to Healthy Intimacy. Uh, Great book. And thank you, Maureen, for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, okay, all right everyone we've got another another fabulous fabulous conversation coming up debbie Ford joining us here today why good people do bad things how to stop being your own worst enemy and do i know anything about that okay true confessions yeah betcha i know quite a bit about that and debbie ford's going to be joining us here today to fill in the blank stay tuned we'll be right back